Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where the Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who've had enough of this shit. Chris and the Riz. Hey, hi Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast, episode 351. This is the official Detroit Lions Podcast for Reddit. I am your ever-dashing host, and with me is the ever-stronger, slimmer, and sexier co-host and good friend, Jeff the Riz Risden. How you doing, brother? It is good to be with you. Uh, we, we finished training camp today. We got a lot to talk about, Chris. It's, it's, it, things, are, things are happening in life and around the world, and I know that there's some bleakness that's out there, but, but we're, we're here to give you some positivity and some fun. Yeah, I love, I love that. That's the one thing I love. No matter all the – I mean, God, think about the world since 2015, everything that's happened. <laughs> and here we are just, just serving Kool-Aid for the folks that need that's, it and that's, finding that's what the we're here side for. of life, right? Got a lot going on today's show. We've got the Lions-Steelers reactions for you. We've got uh, – we're going to set you up for the Colts game. There's a lot to talk about there, actually. Uh, so injury talk. We'll start looking at the looming cut to 53 coming up here. Who's on the bubble? We're also going to talk about Stafford's big piece. OnlyFans is back. Oh, no. I'm sorry. It's the one in ESPN. <laughs> we got that and a whole lot more. Riz, are you ready to go, my man? Oh, let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. Right, let's get into it. First off, I just got a little quick one from one of the guys in the Slack. I want to say, hey, Wisco, man, best of luck to Grandpa out there. Hoping everything turns out okay for him. Just uh, Wisco is one of our, our our more vocal. He's a good one. He's, he's in Grand Rapids for uh, for a situation that he doesn't want to be in Grand Rapids for. But sometime <laughs> when he's coming through, uh, Kevin, we're gonna hang out. <laughs> but he did get to stop at Founders. Got to stop at Founders and have a couple, so that's nice. All right. Also, want to just let welcome our new listeners. If you are here live on the YouTube, thank you so much for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. Please hit the subscribe button, hit the bell, let us let, get to know what's going on when we go live. We have the weekly show, this one. We got the post game show live after the Lions games, and a sweet new cocktail hour coming up. We're going to do weekly cocktails, showing you what's up, how to do it, and all the fun stuff associated with it. It's going to be a fun little segment. I think you guys will enjoy it. We're going to teach you how to make them. So we're going to let you get a shot to name them, and then we're going to drink them together in the post-game show on Sundays. The Detroit Lions Podcast Bar and Lounge. <laughs> I don't know if we'll get singers or not. We'll with, with, with you and, and uh, special co-host Ash will yes. we'll be, be joining you. Um, a new, new co-host for the post-game show this year. Yeah, Andy. Which is great. Sandman is going back to his season ticket place yep. <laughs> lucky man lucky man he's got a good thing going there we yeah, see him. wrong with that he, we, we still love andy he's, yeah. he's he's always welcome whenever he wants to be but uh he's got those season tickets we, we've been in his seats we we got a nice tour of of the remodeled ford field uh courtesy of him and it's uh yeah he, he's got a pretty nice setup there yeah, so uh, yeah good, good luck same man all right and ash <laughs> is the co-host every time we'll get andy in a couple times but uh fantasy footballer is out why do i say that when i say ash because ash is the commissioner uh, if you have not accepted your invite to ESPN and the fantasy football, do it or risk losing your spot, risk giving it away. I got to get in on that because <laughs> I, uh, I haven't done that yet. Final draft <laughs> is Sunday. If you have any questions or concerns or whatever, dlpfantasyfootball at gmail.com. All of those are free and or all the, the spots are filled. So thank you, everyone, for joining up. Really appreciate everyone there. Uh, also, for those in the YouTube, last thing. 
Uh, if you want to be in the chat, you just have to hit the subscribe button there, and that'll give you all the opportunity. All right, let's get into it. Lions versus Steelers. Uh, Riz, was this the end of the world for the Detroit oh, Lions? Do we, do we have to talk about that game? First I mean, half, it was. I do want to oh. say it's close to the end of the world for me for the NFL Network because that was one of the most frustrating. Okay, so tell me about this because so I, I'm we get it here in Grand Rapids on our local Fox affiliate, and everything was fine. But I understand that if you're out of market, like mm-hmm. you had some issues with the game. So it was. I, I I don't even remember when. I just got so infuriated that I just I just shut it off and walked away and I went and watched MMA which just so you know last week was full of knockouts like the first five prelims were just bull big time like one was the last seconds last seconds of spinning back kick just took the guy's jaw into the next state it was awesome anyway <laughs> I just went and did that and drank because I was so frustrated with the Lions thing and I caught the end of it later on the uh, on the the game ass uh, from NFL but that so I saw it there dude, oh dude that is the worst product <laughs> oh, God. for all the, the the gobs of billions of dollars that the NFL makes, all the technology, all the things that they've been out in front on in technology, and their Game Pass app is absolute ass. That really, it's awful. It, it's awful, Chris. It gives me great consternation <laughs> about when this TV contract with DirecTV is up, what that streaming package might look like. Oh, God. All right, so <sighs> Lions with the Steelers. Let's, let's, let's get this out of the way right away. The yeah. Lions number twos played against the number ones for the first quarter and a half for far, far too long. I don't know what the Steelers. The, the were Steelers thinking. played their starters a lot longer than I think they expected to play. Quite honestly, and, and some of those guys, like Eric Ebron, got some reps in the third quarter. Yeah. Some of the, some of their starting defense was out there in the third quarter. I, I would expect Eric Ebron at his level to be playing in the third quarter, though, in the preseason games. Normally, I mean, whatever. Um, <sighs> Yeah, that was that was something. So, did you did we want more? Did we expect more in that first half? Even with the twos against the ones, because there were some ones out there. I believe we did. I believe I, we did. I we was raised. disappointed in our starting secondary. Uh, I don't think yeah. they played well. I mean, they were out there. Um, mm-hmm. They got the first two series uh, with the 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 actual starting secondary. Uh, and now it was it, the linebackers were were not in the defensive line that's going to start was not in so that's that's a variable for it they obviously didn't get the pass rush they didn't have you know the talent in front of them but uh, they did not play well either um, and that was that was tough to watch but more more concerning for me was the first team offense or the second team offense I should say with some of the first team offensive line out there. They did not look good without uh, without Taylor Decker and Frank Ragnow. The line sort of fell apart. The running game, I, I got to say, and, and this is where my concern comes from. Um, I know it was the twos. Anthony Lynn's offense is not clicking yet, and I'm a little concerned about that. Now, some of it is definitely personnel related. The, the Lions do not have, have world beaters. Um, they certainly don't have them on their second team offense. But, I want to. I want to go to something on this though, and okay, I don't know how much do. this plays into it. Keep me from walking off the plank. <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, never mind. Uh, we'll, we'll keep. We'll keep <laughs> dress up for Halloween. Uh, I think the uh, and Saturday nights. Uh, the the whole thing about this game that makes me less worried about it was the concept that we are playing Pittsburgh later in the season in the regular season, That's and we did not want to get into a dong measuring contest now. Especially, let, let's face it, Tomlin and and I feel bad for Hank because Hank Fraley, 
as a coach because he he you know I I think there's I don't know maybe there's something maybe there's not of that that little bitterness about him but I know there is bitterness there between the the Steelers and Hank because he didn't come but yeah the uh you just don't want to show him anything and and with that and that gives they you, didn't right well that gives you a sense that maybe you're not running the normal offense or some of the normal plays along the way I yeah. don't I, you know I think ex- what they did out there was not at all indicative of the plays that they're going to run during the regular season. I think this was all situational football tests where down and distance maybe didn't even matter for what they were doing. Let's see what we can do on second and 11 because our run plays, every run play that they had was an undesigned cutback. You have if you're going to have cutback runners, you got to have guys, you got to have at least one block that is set up for the potential for the cutback. And I didn't see that at all yeah. from, from what I've seen um, when, when my game pass did actually work. And I was able to watch a little bit of all 22 um, that I stole from someone else. Uh, it uh, the, the, the running backs and the running scheme, the blocking, they're somewhat disconnected, especially early in games. And you put Craig Reynolds in later in the game and he looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a lot of really good things again. Uh, again, that kid's uh, a, something interesting. <laughs> that kid's he's. I, I can do this. I have a new co-host. I, I, I like him more than Zach Zenner. I think he's he's, a, he's uh, definitely a better running back. <laughs> he right. can catch. That's that's one of the things that that, that, that stood out about him yeah. was, was that he could catch. This guy, you know, coming out of cuts down, he didn't get a lot of respect. I, I, I think. Look, we're going to talk about the bubble players later, um, and he is certainly one of them. And I don't think I don't think he's going to make the team, but he certainly belongs somewhere in the NFL. And if he's not claimed by someone else, he absolutely should be on the on the Lions practice squad because this guy can play and he fits what Anthony Lynn wants in his running backs really well. Yep, A yep. great, great, great street free agent find by Brad Holmes and his scouting staff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, let's get into it. There's a couple players we want to highlight in particular. Uh, thank you there, Chris. Yeah, don't forget to like on the uh, with the subscribes and everything else, guys. Thank you so much on the YouTube. Um, first guy we want to talk about is a young fella, a, a boiler named Barnes. Um, now, look. <laughs> he, oh, he, man. Did he play against lesser competition? Sure. Sure, he did. Yes, he did. Did he elevate himself far above that competition? Oh, absolutely, he did. Did he then carry himself like a frigging stud in the presser afterwards? Oh, my God. It was it. I I had a little bit of man love. I had a little bit of man love in that presser when I saw it. It sealed it. I love that it's on the field, but it really sealed the deal. I loved what went on there. Oh, thanks, Jeff and Tina. Thank you so much. Tina has nothing to do with what I say. Um <laughs> Thanks for the super chat. Just, just uh, the, the Derek Barnes experience, because after what we saw from the linebackers in the first half, Tavai and JRM, which was just all, it, as bad as linebackers play as you will ever see from a team. Uh, it, it was really rough. Then Derek Barnes, and, and I'll give Tavante Beckett some credit too. The guy came in. They both looked really good. Um, Barnes especially, but, but Beckett, you know, Beckett's earning some respect, and when we get to the bubble players, he's he's higher on the bubble than I think a lot of people might think he is. Uh, but Barnes, my goodness, that look that guy looked like an NFL starter. Now you brought up he's going against Pittsburgh's backups. Pittsburgh's starting offensive line is probably the worst in the league. Their backups, you better believe, they're wretched. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he was able to knife through those guys, let, 
like, like they were not even there. Um, that, that, that doesn't impress me as much as it would be as if he was going against, you know, his own starting offensive line in Detroit. Cause that's, that's significantly better than what Pittsburgh's is, but he did it. One of the things that you want repeatedly, when, repeatedly, yeah. right? I mean, when, he, when, was when all, he kept doing it. One of the things that you look at when you're, when you were scouting guys at the college level, especially from the lower levels, when they're playing against inferior competition, you want to see them dominate, not just physically dominate, but also like, like I'm just a, a smart, I'm bigger, smarter, faster, stronger, and, and a better football player than, than everybody that I'm going against. And you absolutely saw that from Derek Barnes in the second half of that Pittsburgh game. Yeah. Hundred percent. Um. Oh wow, we got a couple. Here's a question from Super Loretto. <laughs> Thank you, Loretto. You you've always been great, Loretto. Get in touch with me uh, via our contact form on the on the website. I want I want to talk to you. Uh, but his question for you, Riz, with the cutbacks at running back, does that mean that no zone run scheme or the offensive line needs to work together? They need to. They need to let Jamal Williams specifically know that he needs to go where the run is designed to go. Um, he is looking to cut back before it's there and before he needs to be there. And I've seen that a little bit um, with, with Diedrich Mills too, when he, when he's gotten caught in it, we haven't seen Swift because well, he doesn't play um, might not play for a little bit, uh, but, but, but Craig, Craig Reynolds, one of the things that, that stands about him is he go, he knows where the hole is and he goes where the hole is right away. And he doesn't try to bounce it back yep. right, and get that extra yards. We, we saw this it was, when we had George Bell and Reggie Bush, Joyke was phenomenal at going to the hole exactly where it was supposed to be. And Reggie would get there and then he'd dance and get tackled. Yep. Uh, and there's too much of that going on with Jamal Williams right now. Look, Jamal Williams, fantastic personality, really good receiver. As a runner, he has not impressed in camp and he certainly hasn't impressed in the preseason games. And that's something to watch. Yep. Yep. I'm with you. All right. One His more. style is not fitting as well as we'd like it to. One more question from the super chat. JC on Carter. Thank you so much. Why are we not looking to bring in K.J. Wright? K.J. Wright doesn't want to play for Detroit, period. What? He, he's, he, he's, he's ring whoring. He's not, going, he's not going to a place where he's not going to win a ring but or he, have a good chance to win a ring, period. Make some kneecap soup. Kneecap soup. All right, there you yeah. go. Ring whore time. All right, move on really quick. I want to talk about Jerry Jacobs, who will be on the show next week after the preseason is over. And yes. um, we, we'll talk to him. He He... He's got a lot of studying going on, and just a couple chats with him back and forth. He's got a lot going on in his in his life. Again, we'll be with him a couple times throughout the season, following up on his career, where things are at. How did Jerry do? For those that have the NFL Network out of uh, market and don't have Game Pass, they got hosed and didn't get to see a whole lot of Jerry playing. They didn't they get did Jerry time. Um, he he played primarily um, primarily outside, which yeah. was interesting to me. They didn't move him to safety like like he had talked about. He's, he's, yeah. He is he is learning safety, um, but in the game, he did play primarily outside cornerback from, from what I watched. Didn't have a lot to do. He made a nice tackle. He, he was so on the the play where the Steelers clinched the final first down to run out the clock. Jerry was in the outside cover position and he probably could have sat and waited and if, if he would have, instead of letting the, 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 the receiver drag him inside, he probably would have been in a position to make the stop. But, but again, you're, you're dealing with an undrafted rookie who's been his, – his head is swimming, spinning. It's swimming everywhere. Oh, yeah. Um, and and so Derek deep. Barnes couldn't quite get out there in time to make the tackle on the tight end flaring out. Um, it's a play that 
it was it's a well-crafted play by Pittsburgh, and it's something that you will see them do in the regular season when it's like third and eight. That's 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 their kind of play, and I think they've put that out there now. The next time that happens, I expect Jerry to be like, you know what, this guy's running inside. They're not throwing to him. I got a linebacker right there yep. that, that I'm leading him into. If I cheat, if I cheat just one step there, that takes that away. I can stay outside, and I've got the containment out there. Um, Jerry, if you're if you're watching. Listen to that because it's it's exactly what you need to do, and I know you're smart enough to know that. Yeah, uh, and he's probably and been I, told I, that already. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's heard that, and I'm sure he's heard that from from Aubrey Pleasant too. Um, and, and for Barnes, Barnes held inside just a count too long because he thought that the corner might still be out there and and flush the receiver back in. That that's a bunch of rookies playing at the end of a football game. That's I'm not concerned about that at all. It's that that's that's a learning experience for them. So it wasn't. Look, he didn't he didn't stand out in any way, positive or negative. Um, it would have been nice if he would have been able to make a play or two, but that's that's just not the way the game came to him. Yep, yep. All right, we got another super chat. Thank you, Jeff, and not Tina. Jeff's spending Tina's money. Jeff and Tina, can I? Uh, <laughs> Hi, Riz. Is zone blocking much like cover two? Is a player dependent scheme only works with the right players? It certainly helps. Um, I will say. Um, I, I get to watch the Cleveland Browns do outside zone, and it's beautiful the way that they do it. They they are phenomenal at it. They, it look, uh, not to disparage, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are both exceptional running backs. They're both really talented guys, but they are super fits for it because when you have the outside zone, you're not just looking for one hole. You've got options, yeah, and, and the, the line is moving, and there are natural cutbacks set up in there for you. And the Lions do some of that, but not a lot of it. And, and you know, it, they're, especially with the right side of their line, they're probably not the best designed uh, to Vi and, or I'm sorry, Vitae, not to Vi, Vitae. That's the first time I've done that. I'm proud of myself. I'm not tripping on that. And, and at this point, Sewell too, they're, they're more power oriented players. They're not necessarily guys that are going to get out into space all the while. Sewell has shown that he can do that. Um, and and that, that's probably where he's at his best, quite honestly. Maybe they should do more of that, but the, with the line that they've had, especially with the the interior depth guys, like they they just they're just not that good to to, to do that. And it's Anthony Lynn primarily runs like angle blocking. That that's his big thing. They don't necessarily do the the zone as well. But it's right. you know it, Jamal Williams isn't that kind of runner. Um, he he should be fitting better with this than what he is. Is where I'll say with it. <laughs> that's so Jelani. Oh, that's. <laughs> Yeah, That's so nice. Let's get into oh, that. We we, got, we'll have to talk about Jelani a little bit. He's he's coming up right now as we talk about right. it, and and okay. I, I just got it. I remembered it. We've got our Disney Channel on Tuesdays at seven thirty. You've got that so Jelani coming up. So let's not let's not miss that wonderful special oh, weekly Jelani. Uh, Jelani Tavai this week. Um, look, right. okay, I've got I've got to say because. I, I have dogged this guy. You guys know that. I, and, and this year he came back and he busted his tail. I was so hoping he could really pull it together. This game, is that it, that's so Jelani. It was his whole career wrapped up in a nutshell. And I, I feel terrible for the guy. I, I would rather, for his sake, that he just played mediocre and got cut, right? What yes. happened this week, this is literally embarrassing. And I, I feel bad for him that he just was so embarrassed on the field. It's it's gonna be probably one of his last games in an NFL in the NFL, and it was just just not how you want to end it. At it's all. just oh. the so uh, uh, like we know he's not gonna be good in coverage. 
But the play where he got stiff-armed off the ball, um, that's an easy tackle. And he gets just like a little, like, it was a pretty good stiff arm. It wasn't a devastating one. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, one that was going to put him on his ass or anything. And the fact that he, he didn't even like come close to, to getting, I mean, to his credit, he did chase the guy down 30 yards down the field. I mean, he has the effort and that's, that's why we like to join. That's why we root for him because he tries so freaking hard. He's just not good. I really hope he gets a shot. And and so I, I I do regular spots with the ESPN affiliate in Hawaii all the time. I did one last night, uh, Tuesday night um, with, with Gary Dickman, who who I've known for a long time. Um, I've done a lot of shows in Hawaii um, in fact, I used to be on there weekly um, and they would send me uh, uh, cool Kona coffee as a, like a, a sponsor thing. I don't get that anymore. I need to get back on that. But uh, anyways, Kona beer. That, that, that'd be good too. Um, that's not technically Hawaiian. That's made in uh, St. Louis. <laughs> um, so, uh, so they're very like, because they, they're always want to know how July Tavai is doing in Detroit. And I, I was fairly honest and candid with it. I'm like, you know what? He needs to go somewhere else because it's not going to work for him in Detroit. There's too much baggage between him and the fans. There's too much baggage. I, th- I think it's in his head, honestly, too. Yeah, he know, he feels that weight all the time. He's a sensitive guy. He's he's an he's a guy that that cares so much about his his job and his performance. And when it doesn't work for him, it's tough, man. You, I just feel so again, bad. The effort is it's it's there. It's just it's just not working, man. Like, and, and we'll talk about a quote about just just about that from Campbell in today's presser, but and it wasn't directed about Tavai. I don't believe. No, it wasn't. Um, no, but I, it was I, you not. know, like I said, I gave the guy crap. I feel bad because he doesn't. It's like giving me crap about not about sucking at water polo. I'm just not built for water polo. I don't do water polo. I, I can't do it, right? My, my I'd body, pay to see you play water polo. My body physically is not able to to master that, right? Or be an astronaut or any of those things. And, and to have these expectations and show me trying on national television would just be horrifyingly embarrassing, right? This guy yeah. has made it to the top level of football, and he's he's – He's just not quite at that you know, level. He's a, if if he was a sixth round pick instead of a second round pick, everybody in Detroit, in Detroit would be rooting for him. He, he'd be a darling. Yeah, he absolutely would. He absolutely and, and, would. And that, that's not his fault. It's nope. not his fault that nope. he was drafted where he is. Yep. Or yep. where he was, and it's it's unfortunate because he's he he's not going to make the team. Uh, but yeah. when when to to go back to a Campbell quote that was about him. After the game, he talked about guys that were supposed to be locks that aren't going to make it, and then some guys that that people had written off who are going to make it. There were two people in specific that I know that Dan Campbell was talking about, about the locks who are not going to make it, and one of them is Shalani Tavai. Yeah. And we'll get to the other one in a little bit. Yep. Yeah. No, (laughs) absolutely. And again, you feel bad for him. I mean, really quick on that post-game presser, though, how about – Coach Campbell, I mean, you his voice, he was exhausted. You could tell. Yes, he was. He, he might as well played in that game. He was absolutely, he gave every ounce of himself to that game. His voice was shot. He was, I mean, he was, he was not energy, right? I mean, he was like normal people energy or whatever afterward, but yeah. you could tell he was friggin' exhausted. That after was the that first night. time he'd ever been like late for any appearance too. He, yeah. he was about 10 to 12 minutes late, later than what he was scheduled to be on. I don't know. I don't know what was going on. If he was talking to the team or or what, I, I would assume so. But uh, yeah, th- th- that was that was a tough game for him. But that was a tough loss for him. And I think the emotional, the fact that they they came back so well, and and the, 
our third team kicked Pittsburgh's third team's butt up and down the field, <laughs> which was great. That was that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and the comeback was nice. The onside kick, my goodness, Randy Bullock. Wow, dude. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've given yeah. I've given Fat Randy a hard time. That was a beautiful onside yeah, kick. Yeah, they put that that chunk into it, and there you go. Uh, question, Brandon. Come on, Chris, can't you float? No. In 2016, I almost died on Big Bear Lake, proving that I can't float. So there you go. Um, <laughs> moving on. Uh, Jeff Okuda, I want to talk a little bit about him. Um, one bad play. Okay. One bad play. And he took a whole bunch of, I mean, it just started immediately. And the subreddit, it started, I saw it in the chat in the post game. People were like, like there, it was a, a switch flip. People were all behind him, supporting him. Oh, I can't wait. And then it was just like insta-hate. One play. One play. I want to. I want to. I got a quote from Aaron Glenn. I just want to play it, and it's it's an it's a yes. response to a question uh, about Jeff Okuda. So let's get this going. That surprises me. This is the NFL. He's gonna give us a play. He's a good player. He's been practicing hard. Uh, uh, his eyes were bad, and he gave up a play. There's been a lot of plays he has made. But at some point, we got to talk about those plays he has made instead of one he didn't make. There you go. Um, I think, <laughs> and the, the, if, if you go and watch that on the, on the, uh, the lions YouTube, um, in their media session, things, which they do a very good job of archiving up for you, you will see the utter disdain in Aaron Glenn's face at the question. Um, and you can't really hear the question, but it was basically like, what do you, what do you think about Jeff Okuda, um, getting beat so badly on that one play? Do you have any loss of confidence in him? Um, and and Aaron Glenn's like, what what? <laughs> like, yeah. like like taken aback at how bad the question is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is that was really something. Okuda is not the, where you should be pointing fingers right now on no. on, on this team, right? There's no, plenty of places no. to point and look at. Jeff Okuda is not that. He it's the preseason on a second year. Uh, cornerback who had probably the worst coaches in history coaching him for his first year while he was injured. This is the least of my worries, Jeff. Okuda. Do you guys want to break him? Is that is that what we're after? Is, is one of the, one of the things, that, and, and this is something, and I wrote this at Lions Wire, and you can check that out there, please, please do. Um, Never heard of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, they know that Jeff Okuda is a guy that that his confidence was shot last year. And they, they realize that he's a guy that needs to have that confidence building with him and, and play with that swagger. We had another cornerback like that yep. who was wretched in his first season, benched, came out his second year, and people were like, we got to get rid of this bum. That was Darius Slay. Yep, yep. Same kind of guy. You've, you've, got, to, you've got to frame things positively for Darius Slay. And, and the coaches, both Jim Caldwell and, and to, to Matt Patricia's credit at the beginning, figured that out. Um, that that quickly turned with Mr. Patricia, unfortunately, and that's that's why Darius is now in Philadelphia. But he's a guy that he needs positive reinforcement. He need he he will acknowledge that he made a bad play, but you need to tell him that's okay. Move on to the next one. We'll fix that. We'll, we'll teach you how to fix that. We'll teach you how to do better instead of browbeating him like. Why didn't you make that play? You suck. How can you give up the inside? You've got outside containment on that. How can you let him do a double move? Like we teach you better than that. That's that's not how you handle. That's not how you handle Jeff Okuda. You've got to understand the mentalities of the players that you're coaching. Yeah. 
And for those people in the media, especially those at the flagship station of the Detroit Lions radio network, probably know these things. And the fact that they don't is embarrassing. Well, I, I don't just just let's talk about that really quick, because that station makes its money on some contrived kind of setup. Kind of stuff. Apparently they do. Yeah, that's that's their <laughs> bread and butter. If this team were to start winning, they would have to re they would have to replace the entire crew. They would have to replace yeah. the entire crew. And, 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 and one of the that, things you can bet on for the long haul in Detroit is the Lions not to be a great team, right? So you have a, you, they've bet everything on it. And when that flips, sometime in the future, if it's this staff, the next staff, or or, or somebody else, when that flips, they're gonna have to can all those guys because because none that, of them. I have any kind of sense of, of the you know, market balance. you're in right now. Tampa Bay was like that for a very long time. Yep. And then the Rays won and then the bolts got really good. And now the bucks are really good. And now you can't sell that negative BS anymore. You don't know anyone on the dial anymore. You don't know anyone on the dial. Cleveland with the Browns, the, the people who are the professionally negative, uh, Tony Gross, y'all call him up because he's an ass. He deserves it. His, his market share, his, Gone into the tank. He just he is. He boxed himself in as the negative guy. Yep. He has nowhere to go yep. now that that team is a, a legit Super Bowl contender. He's an afterthought. Nobody cares about him anymore. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get. He doesn't get time anymore. That's going to happen in Detroit too if this team ever turns it around. And that's you know, it's a tough way to go. Uh, betting on being it is. That, that, living your life that way and and doing your really that's your is. job to be that Try, guy. trying to trying to make people angry at other people. As a, as a lifestyle, as as your business model, I don't I don't get I don't get that, Chris. I just, I, 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 it's a foreign concept to me. It's not something that I would ever consume. It's just not what I want in life. Tina's money is going. I'm, I'm going to crap on people, but I'm also going to lift people up. Yeah, it's it's just it's, it's not like look at Tavai, like like the the situation there, right? I mean, I, I and right. I did and I and I and I walked it and changed. I didn't I didn't change it, but I kind of reassessed the the approach, right? It's not it's not a it's not a lifestyle to to make people miserable or kick them when they're down, right? That's 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 just a really terrible kind of person to be. Um, Chris, you'd be awesome at water polo. Polo, it's all about the buoyancy. I'm telling you. There is no buoyancy. Uh, I was falling straight to the bottom of Big Bear Lake. I'm not kidding. Uh, okay. <laughs> How do you go He's underwater at 6,000 feet? <laughs> <laughs> only only one person can do that. Uh, all right. I want to move on to the next guy. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, game one of the preseason, my guy looked good. There was a lot of hype, a lot of excitement about him uh, around him. Looked great. A couple of drops in game two couple of catches ran nice routes is this an, is this a st brown is this a boil i mean that's here we had this we've talked about this before when we were at the senior bowl it was so hard what was it three years ago to judge the wide receivers because there was not a single quarterback that could throw the ball were so bad <laughs> you, yes i mean i don't know if he could catch that ball or not because it was not within the wingspan of a freaking pterodactyl uh i have no idea right i have no idea is this a boil or brown pro or st brown problem can you help me here <laughs> i i think you see why amon ross st brown fell to the fourth round mm-hmm. at times um because he is not a guy who it, Look, he, uh, we talked about it last week. He maximizes every ounce of his ability, but there is a finite ceiling to his ability. And if he's not at his absolute best, 
he's not going to look all that good. And he did not have his best game. He, if he doesn't have his A game, he's not going to look good. And he didn't have his A game for whatever reason. I, I don't know what it is. I don't expect that to happen often, but it, it happens. And it happened that night. And that's, you know, that, that's, that's why he fell to where he did. That That's why, you know, he's, he's probably on a good offense. He's probably a number three receiver. Um, doesn't mean he's going to be the number three receiver on this team. He might be the number one. I, in fact, I, I wouldn't surprise me at all if he winds up having the most targets of any wide receiver on this team. Either him or Khalif Raymond, I think, are going to get that just because Tyrell Williams, I don't think, can last 16, 17 games. Uh, look, he's, he's a good pickup, a great value where they got him. He's going to be a guy that's going to be – this is a Detroit kind of player. This, this, he, he plays wide receiver the way that Ben Wallace played power forward. And I think that's going to endear himself to Detroit very nicely. That's, but you got to remember that sometimes he's not the fastest. He's not the biggest. He's not the strongest. He's not the quickest. He's, he's pretty good at all those things, though. And uh, I, I'm, I'm still very pleased with him. He's been better throughout camp than I expected him to be more consistently. And as, as a dynamic performer, he's there, there's there's some fun with him. Um, and, and again, you know, just don't have your expectations. He's not Herman Moore. You know, he's not Calvin Justin. He's he might might be Marvin Jones in time. He's not there yet, but that that's that's what he could be. Let me let me give you kind of some insight here. And this is something that I think people haven't talked a whole lot about. What we've heard is wide receiver is the worst position on this roster or one off. And mm-hmm. oh, boy, 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 we got all kinds of, you know, problems. The thing we've kind of done, though, is we've built ourselves potentially a wide receiver, too. But we've got all kinds of depth at wide receiver. If you get yourself a legitimate wide receiver one on this team, that changes the whole. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That changes the whole calculus on what happens here. One, your wide receiver one changes because because your wide receiver two is not gonna not gonna be a wide receiver two level, but your wide receiver three is gonna be better than wide receiver three. Right? I mean, you're thinking of about matchups here, right? You get yourself a wide receiver one and a wide receiver two. Holy cow, you've got a great receiving core all of a sudden. They're kind of building from the bottom up almost. And it's 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 interesting to see how this has played out. Why? Well, because they've had to concentrate on so many different areas, so many different places on this team that they just couldn't put the treasure in right. at those spots. And frankly, I yeah. think there's an evaluation of golf going on as well. What can he do with the guys that he has? Because we have to figure out if we go with a quarterback – we're going to wind up looking for wide receivers to match the style of that quarterback to give him the very, very best potential and possibility for success, whether it's Goff or it's somebody else that we get with one of those first-round picks. So just kind of you know, think about it again. This is a year in which we are not going to make the playoffs. <laughs> We're a team that's, that's, that's it's going to be fun. We're going to have a lot of excitement. There's going to be a lot of Campbellisms and other things going on that make this a, a, a fun season. Yes. <laughs> but yes. there's a lot to look for. I, I really believe next year is going to be fun and competitive. And, and that's where I it think... It will certainly they, be more rewarding. Com- and, and you can see, uh, when, when I do shows around the country, when I, did, when I did the one in Hawaii last night, one of the things that they always ask about Dan Campbell and most most of them have moved on from the kneecaps now. I mean, it still gets mentioned, but I think more and more people are realizing that, okay, they forgot that he played and that he played in Detroit. And I think when you, when you remind them of that, they're like, oh, he knows his market. He knows who he's playing to. He knows, yeah. the, he knows the crowd and how to work them. 
Um, and I think that that's something that is start, starting to sink in. The other thing is that I think people don't, people are realizing, um, and, and I'll give Sean Payton some credit on this. Sean Payton has talked him up quite a bit um, and, and they miss him in new Orleans. That's something that, that Sean Payton has talked about recently is that, you know, Hey, we, we lost AG Aaron Glenn. We, we lost Dan Campbell, the significant hits to our coaching staff. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I think there's, there's some more growing respect for it. Now, obviously Dan Campbell has to win. And, I, I think there's people honestly that are waiting for him to just like go out and actually bite a kneecap, like yeah. literally do it during a game. Like, like, like how Woody Hayes ended at Ohio state where he slugs a player coming on the sideline. Cause he's frustrated. I think people expect that. I, I, some people are waiting for that. Yeah. Those people are going to be disappointed because I don't, that you know, Dan, he's Dan's, not a knucklehead. He's not, he, he is, he's not, there's a lot going on. I had a really good conversation with Bobby Carpenter, the former uh, Lions linebacker, um, was a teammate of him. Uh, he, he has a radio show now in Columbus that I'm on frequently. And I talked to Bobby off the air. Um, and he's like, I'm glad that you said, and I, I mentioned on the air that I'm like, you know, everybody hears the, the you know, the, the, the kneecap biting and the coffee and all that, but then they don't hear him talking about the nuances of, of the handwork on a three technique versus a two eye and, and the difference between shading your nose tackle and not, and, and where the linebacker lines up behind it and the angles and the football geometry like that. Um, and he's like, that's so Dan Campbell because Dan does care about those things. Like he's a really smart guy. He doesn't want you to know it, yeah. but there's a lot yeah. going on there. And I, I was very encouraged to hear that from Bobby. So yeah. that was cool. All right. Last, last player I want to look at from the Lions Steelers game is Aleem McNeil. Um, it, this was a big swing and a miss. What a terrible, terrible uh, draft pick by Holmes. I mean, please, please this put is, Brad Holmes not, in his place. This is, we're not, we're not writing that ticket. No. Um, <laughs> Isn't that what we do? We, we chase out great players. <laughs> Um, no, McNeil looks great. This guy's the real deal, right? Again, it wasn't his best game either, but he played pretty well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's a definite kid. This guy, uh, in fact, we had to write up um, for USA Today, we had to write up our, our impact rookie for the team. And my editor, who, who I sent that to, was shocked that I did not write Panay Sewell. And I'm like, look. Ali McNeil, this guy, he is your starting nose tackle. He is going to get, I, I think he can get five or six sacks from the nose tackle position. And if they move him around, he's got a chance to get more than that. He is ready to go. He is ready to start. He is ready to make an impact in the NFL right now. Didn't And it's awesome. <laughs> I want to get Penny Sewell really quick because didn't Taylor Decker have a little bit of a slower start in his first season? If I'm I'm just I'm playing from memory, I don't have any stats in front of me, but that's kind of hung over him for a little bit. Like he got a so, couple. So of he really- he would have it was my line on him. He'd look really great for all the game, but there was like two or three plays yep. every game yep. where you wondered if you ever played football before, right? And he finally ceased that like over the last couple of seasons. Last year, last year he was phenomenal. And, and that followed the him. Best though. year by a mile. That reputation <laughs> carried much longer than the behavior did. It did. I have a sense we're going to see a little bit of the same from Penny Sewell. I think Sewell's going to be an awesome player. Like Decker is an awesome I player. I just think that this first year there's going to be some growing pains. pains. I think I, I think, think it's the okay. hype machine that was on for Penny from a lot of the fan base um, in the in the draft process. It, you're asking, look, the guy's played four football games since 2018. He's 20 years old. It's not going to happen right away, folks. Like the, the potential is obviously there, and he's going to do some good things, but he's going to – he's he's a very freakishly inexperienced rookie starting at a position that requires some technical ability, 
oh, by the way, he is changing sides. Um, from what I've seen, and, and, and I got, I, I've had this argument with a lot of people, his problem is not switching from the left side to the right side. His problem is that he's never played anybody good before. Name uh, Again, name a Pac-12 pass rusher. I dare you. The best guy he's ever played against is Jay Sean Cornell. Jay Sean Cornell might not make the Lions. And when he goes against him in practice, that's the best player he's ever seen. So the the degree of difficulty, the inexperience, it's uh, honestly, it's set up for Panay Sewell to fail. Yeah. And the fact that I'm very confident he's not going to fail at it, he, look, he's going to have some struggles, but he, he's going to come out the other end and he's going to be a really damn good player in a year or two. But you've got to give him that time. Yep. You can't have this. Uh, I've had people who have told me, why are we switching a Hall of Fame left tackle to the right side before he's ever played a snap? <laughs> I mean, you got to cool on that crap, man. All right. I got I got to catch up on a couple super chats from Jeffrey and Tina. He said, Tina just caught on. Now I'm done. So he can't send more super chats. <laughs> then he follows up with one. He's like, Tina gave me another super chat just so Chris yells, Tina, like Stella, she loves your voice. Tina! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, that's great stuff. Thank Whatever you. Whatever we can do. Oh, man, you guys are awesome. Um, one last thing on Penny Sewell. I will tell you that while he has some growth to do in his first year, and we're going to see that, and, it, and he is going to turn into a great player, I will stand yes, behind that. I agree. The fact that Miami took Jalen Waddle was a huge mistake. Of Penny Sewell was a huge mistake on their part. They should have taken Sewell. Period. Stop. But, and nothing but go on. They took Austin Jackson a year earlier. That's and. and He's not good. He's 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 not good. No. Um, the, the other thing is that they have a left-handed quarterback. They would have moved Panay Sewell to right tackle there too. So for those of you who are wondering about that, and uh, so so the, the big debate though is Jamar Chase is off to an awful start in Cincinnati. Ooh. Ooh. He's had I think he's had five dropped passes in their two games, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't he doesn't block. Period. Uh, but that, that was a knock on him coming out of LSU. Was like. He, he will block when he knows that the run is coming his way because he knows the camera will be on him. But when he's off camera, he's just he's standing there dancing with the guy. Didn't there uh, wasn't and, an and Instagram that, picture posted by his girlfriend, too, that alludes to some alleged uh, activity? Yes. that uh, You will want to check that on, on Insta. Um, I'm not going to go into that because no. I, I, I don't need to go down that, that rabbit hole. But uh, it's not going well for Mr. Chase in Cincinnati. In or out of football. <laughs> Uh, Correct. <laughs> all right. With that, I got it. I got it really quick for for all the folks listening. You know, we've been going now for about forty five minutes. I got to get a quick one in here, um, and this one is not just a. This isn't just a, a. This isn't a commercial, right? This is something that we do. It's it, it came from. It's the start of the season. A lot of people kind of took some time off and listening during the off uh, during the off season. Got a note from a guy who was a vet in Iraq in uh, twenty seventeen and said he was going through some really dark times. And the the podcast is is what carried him through. Whenever he'd get Wi-Fi, he'd download as many episodes as he could. He'd listen to them a bunch, bunch of times. I don't know if that's related to the Dark Times or not, but he, he said we helped him get through. And um, it was really, really cool, and it was a touching note. And so we decided this summer that we we're going to raise some money for Fisher House. Fisher House is a platinum A-plus rated charity that over 90% of the money goes directly to Vets families. It's kind of like a Ronald McDonald house for veterans. Is, is Jeff had the best ex- example. Um People go to the VA for a medical procedure, and then they give the family a place to stay free of charge, 
and and let them be near their loved one, visit the loved one, and take care of all the things that have to go on. Really great charity. There is a Fisher House at the VA in Ann Arbor. It's uh, that's. Fisher House, Michigan. They're trying to build one in Detroit at the VA in Detroit, and they're trying to raise money for that. So we said, you know what? I took all the money we made in Patreon that month when we got that letter, and, and I donated to Fisher House. I got it doubled and uh, by my employer, and then it wound up getting doubled by corporate sponsors they had. So it wound up turning to four times the money. So everything we made there in that month of May, we just put to it, and it was like, wow, that was awesome. So we said we put some shirts together, some new shirts. They're really cool. If you pick one up, $4 from every shirt goes to Fisher House. Uh, we've got Floundericious, who's one of our, our really, really great guys. He's matching up to $250 that gets donated tonight, if you guys would do that. Uh, it's at givebutter.com slash FHM slash DLP. Just think Fisher House, Michigan, Detroit Lions podcast. Uh, givebutter.com slash FHM slash DLP. And just donate. We're at about $1,580. With his $250 match, we can crack $2,000. we are just behind the Army team, and we could we could beat them. We're going to end this at the end of August as we start ramping up for St. Jude in November. We'll have our 24-hour podcast there. But right now, it's this is who we want to – we really want to try to help out. It's yeah. a great cause. This is something that, that – it's it's important to both Chris and myself that, yep. uh, that this – it's something that, you know – uh, the reason I came up with the Ronald McDonald house is one of my best friends from college runs a Ronald McDonald house. And uh, I know the work and dedication that she puts into things yep. uh, and how important it is for the people to do it. And if, if that can happen for the veterans, my God, why, why not? And why wouldn't you do that? Particularly right now. <laughs> right. And and this is not a political right. statement. I don't think anyone feels good about what's going for the people that served there already and the sacrifice they gave what's going on. This is an opportunity just to kind of, Give back a little and do what you can to help out guys who who could use your help. So uh, givebutter.com slash FHM slash DLP or go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com slash store. Any t-shirt you buy, four bucks goes to Fisher House straight out of that uh, through the end of the month. All right, we'll, we'll keep going on that. I'll probably do the, keep doing those t-shirts for a long time just because. All right, let's move on to that. Uh, thank you guys for indulging us. Lions, Colts, what to look for. Um, I just want to start out, you know, we talked Wait, about Colts. I'm like, the Colts? Billy Duffy, guitar solo, sweet. I love that guy. Sonic Temple, great album, Yeah. Oh, Oh, man. I loved the cult. They they were really good. But this is the Colts, not the cult. Uh, We're going to talk really quick what to look for. I want to get really – we talked about the the Pittsburgh Steelers so desperate to win a a playoff game that they ran their firsts all the way into the – halfway through the second quarter uh, against the Lions' seconds. It's been said by the Lions that they're not going to play their firsts in this game. And by the same – Notation, the Colts are saying they're not going to play their firsts either. This is really an evaluation game, isn't it, Riz? Absolutely. This this is your bubble watch game. Mm-hmm. This is this is your guys who are 23 through 75 on the roster who are playing it out, fighting for those spots. Uh, I, I think they have a pretty good idea for the bottom five are on, on both rosters. For the Colts, they, they have some serious decisions to make, um, and, and the Lions do too. I, I certainly didn't expect them to play Carson Wentz or anybody like that, nor did I expect the Lions to play Jared Goff. Um, I will say I would have liked to have seen more of the first team offense in Detroit to try to get some more rhythm and more time together. But from what we saw, and, and I will, this, this was backdoored to me and I, and the point was well made. And I think it was, um, uh, I forget who it was on Twitter, but uh, they pointed out to me, like one of the things that we saw, Saturday night when the when the Steelers when we were when our twos were getting killed by their ones was like 
This is what happens if Goff gets hurt. This is what happens if Tyrell Williams isn't out there. This is what happens if Taylor Decker or Frank Ragnow aren't playing. These guys are, these are our ones. We have no chance. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I, I get that. I buy that. You, you can't have the season ending injury. Um, it has happened for other teams. Um, yep. We, we yep. watch in Jacksonville, Travis Etienne out for the year with Liz Frank. That's that's like that could be a career yeah. sapper for you him. Wanna, that sucks. You want to see <laughs> the the uh, fan base turn on Dan Campbell? <laughs> get, pen, get, yeah. get 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 one of your top guys hurt. Get, get Jared Goff hurt yeah. out there. See what happens. See what happens. <laughs> yeah, get, get Frank Reg now hurt and start Ooh. Evan Brown for seventeen games. <laughs> mm, mm. All of a sudden, your 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 vaunted run game that everybody's leaning on going to get that three point two yards per carry, and uh, people are going to wonder what the hell happened. Oh, yeah, so I, I I get I get I, look. I, I buy that argument more than my own argument of we need to see these guys play together and get some rhythm. We don't. <laughs> the rhythm method doesn't work. The rhythm method does not work. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> so look for a good game. We'll see Jerry. We'll follow Jerry. This is this is his his big one to to make a Jerry will a play chance. a lot. Um, I don't know if he will start, but he will play a lot. Who will be starting and at quarterback for the Lions? So David Blau. What? Will be our starting quarterback. Wait, what happened? I mean, it was, it was a, to so Gomer Pyle, Doyle, <laughs> Boyle, whatever. <laughs> Tim, Tim Boyle, Mr. Wormburner. Um, Blau has played his way ahead of Boyle on their depth chart, and it will be reflected on their unofficial depth chart that they release. Uh, but it is also something that has been made pretty clear by the coaches uh, at practices, after practices, behind the scenes. That right now, David Blau has taken over for Tim Boyle as the number two quarterback, and it is performance based. Um, and, and I think I think Chris Burke actually had the quote where like, um, and he some if it wasn't him, it, it was whoever said it is right on. Um, Boyle can hit the home runs, but he has like he's either, he's going to hit the home run or strike out, and Blau will consistently get you singles and doubles, yep. and that's what this offense is going to live on because if you strike out. Your defense is going to get exposed and if exhausted. You can grind, <laughs> yes, even if you if if you have a, a drive that's you know you get two first downs, forty yards, and you punt. That's not that that's not a loss. If you go, if you go three and out in twenty five seconds after your defense has just given up, you know a ten play drive, that's an absolute loss. And that's that's what Tim Boyle is giving you. David Blau is at least giving you the latter. I and mean, he might not be moving the ball as effectively down the field, but he's moving the ball. And 20 yards and a punt is 90 yards of field position for the Lions with Jack Fox. That's that ball, baby oh cake. <laughs> right? Oh, my the 70 God. Yarder. What a saw bomb. That, right? <laughs> what a bomb. <laughs> Whoa, man. Oh, man. Crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, the thing I was worried about the punting situation was Sam Martin left. <laughs> yeah. Sam Martin is almost hitting as far as as Fox, and he's doing it in a place where your golf ball goes fifteen percent further because the air is <laughs> right. That's that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. It is. Good. All right. So, anything else for the Colts game to look forward to, other than uh, watch for your bubble guys and Jerry Jacobs? Watch, watch your bubble guys. Do watch. Um, I want to see uh, one of the big things. I wonder if Amani Arawarie is going to play uh, because he should. Should be your starting outside cornerback, but I don't know if they've anointed him there yet or not. So I'm curious as to where he plays. Um, one guy who is very much on the bubble that I'm very curious is where he plays is Corn Elder. 
because mm-hmm. he's been he's been practicing more outside than he has been inside. Um, and, and you remember at the beginning of camp, well, he was he was the number one slot corner, like almost yeah. without question. Yeah. And by the end of the second practice, Mike Ford had taken that job from him. Um, and he absolutely took that job from him. Yeah. And since then, Mike Ford has been not so good and moved back outside. And they haven't moved corn back in full time either. Uh, he's a, he, this is another veteran who a lot of people expected to make the roster um, who's certainly on the bubble. He, he, it would, it would be really nice for him to make a play or two or three and also be able to show that he can play inside and outside because uh, he's a guy that right now um, I am doing a 53 man roster projection that I will have posted uh, before the game. He's not on the final 53. Now for me, um, mm-hmm. you will see him on others. Um, and, and I won't fight that, but he is certainly on that, that bubble of he's, he's in like that, that 48 to 60 range right, um, right. where it could go either way. And, and the Colts game, you better believe is going to have some, some sway in that. Yep. We will hit Perriman guys in the chat. You're asking about him. We will hit Perriman. Uh, we'll go deep on him very shortly. Uh, quick sidebar before we move on to the next topic, Loretta with a super chat. What's the first concert you both been to? Mine was earth, wind and fire at the Fox. Oh, it was your first dude. concert. Mine's embarrassing. Wow. That's that, that, that's sweet, man. I'd love to see earth, wind and fire. What's, what's, what's I, your, I what's that. your first one? My, my first concert, I saw, um, Europe and Def Leppard. At that's Buckeye your first, Lee. you didn't do anything like your parents didn't take you to something or anything like that. So, okay. I, uh, my parents took me to a Cleveland Indians game where the Beach Boys played afterwards. My dad is a massive Beach Boys fan. So th- I guess that technically counts, although we missed part of it because a drunk guy fell on me and threw up on my mom and we had to leave. Dude, um, dude, so-, so, so you know with the new Pine Knob shirts we got at the store, right? I yeah. saw the Beach Boys with my parents at Pine Knob. That's so hilarious. Nice. That was your first one. I was, nice. a, I was just a kid. I didn't get the drunk guy treatment, but holy crap, that's so, such a coincidence that that was our first. Yeah. My no, first... So, so I, I count the Def Leppard in Europe concert in the summer of 1987, late, late summer 1987 at Buckeye Lake outside of Columbus, Ohio, um, which is now, I think, an amusement park farm. I don't, <laughs> they don't even have concerts there anymore. I, so my um, yeah, first that, that, that was it. sentient concert. Um, I was way too young to go to it, probably, um, especially with all the devil's lettuce in the air. But uh, I went and saw Motley Crue. No, no, no. I'm sorry. It was. Wait, which one was it? It was Motley Crue. God, I went what to year are you looking at? I can probably help you on this. 84. It was okay. Motley Crue or Metallica opening for Ozzy. And I've seen them both open for Ozzy. That's that, why I'm confused. That would have was been, that Metallica doing? No, that was that, that was would, Motley Crue. Metallica was Metallica was the prior tour, so that would have been Motley Crue. I saw them both, so it was it had to be Metallica. That was the tour where you you have Ozzy snorting ants. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and Master of Puppets support right. That was the tour. Yeah, that's yeah. the one I saw. Okay, so yeah, that was my first yeah. one. Ozzy, Metallica and Ozzy. Oh yeah. man, Oof. <laughs> that took me a while to get over. All right, yeah, no, that was good. That was uh, "Bark at the Moon" was the Ozzy album, uh-huh. and and "Master of Puppets" was the Metallica album. Uh-huh. That, that Speaking really quick on the music thing, uh, eleven years ago tonight, I saw the best concert I've ever been to. I saw Coheed and Cambria and Porcupine Tree at the the Orbit Room in in Grand Rapids, which doesn't mm-hmm. exist anymore. The best concert I've ever been to, hands down. And I've been to at least three hundred. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went through a whole... it, it, amazing, amazing show. Uh, it was it was eleven years ago tonight, and I, I listened to both bands today in memory of that. 
I've been to so many, and I went through a bunch of the old ticket stubs that I have sitting in a, in a thing on Twitter like two years ago or three years ago, and then it cycled through. Anything from like the psychedelic furs to the exploited, wow. which you know, right? The, I got I psychedelic crowd- furs, baby. Vinny Dombrowski, man, who went in the sponge. That's, I love sponge yeah. back in the day. Crowd surfed <laughs> up and got electrocuted by Wadi, the singer of the exploited. Uh, I mean, Ozzy wow. saw the circle jerks and black flag at the blind pig in Ann Arbor. Great. I, I was I had a I went all over the place all kinds of crazy different we had a good time so the music if you want to hear my Lollapalooza story that was last week's episode uh, hear that yeah you'll like, want to check that out because that was <laughs> yeah. uh, all right <laughs> Tina's money Tina's gonna be broke she's gonna be angry uh, Tina <laughs> you're up huh guy liner going on Risden <laughs> guy liner going on Risden <laughs> Tina is unhappy <laughs> all right. Let's talk a little bit about injuries, in particular DeAndre Swift's status. Um, Riz, where are we here? This is obviously concerning. He's the guy that we want to see, especially with uh, Williams' kind of performance. Not, as not doing it. Uh, I, I'm very worried about DeAndre Swift's groin. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it needs to get better. It needs to get healthy. Oh, uh, my God. It, it is Sir Mix-a-Lot booty fix. <laughs> Why do I say these things? <laughs> um he hasn't practiced. Well, he did practice Tuesday. Um, went full bore. They scaled him back. You know, you know how Dan, Dan Campbell likes to do the red line, green line thing. They red lined him on Tuesday, um, green lined him on on Wednesday, and apparently he's doing better than he did. the last time they red lined him. He he sat in street clothes for two days. It's not great, guys. Um, and and when Dan Campbell questioned that he's going to be available for Week One, Dan Campbell has been nothing but straightforward about the injury status of his, his players and his team. So I'm, I'm a little concerned about it. Uh, it's a soft tissue injury. I hate saying soft tissue about a groin, but that's, it is what it is. Uh, it's, it's not an injury that's going to get better unless you absolutely shelf him. But if you shelf him, then, then you're still dealing with Jamal Williams. Now one spot higher on the depth chart than he needs to be. And then you're looking at Jamar, Jamar Jefferson, Jefferson and, yeah. and Craig Reynolds being, you know, your running backs. And you know, while, while we're happy with what we've seen from Jamar and Craig, I don't, I don't think you expect that DeAndre. going your season. I'd rather have DeAndre. Now that's, yeah. that's one of the things that may keep Craig around, right? That's one of the things that may play in his yes. favor this injury to uh, DeAndre. And it's one of the things that if he doesn't make the team may stick him on the practice squad as absolutely some the guy that they want to pull up so i, I hate to say you know injury is good but from his perspective hey this may be his yeah his way to stick with the team uh, uh, but so everybody who was you know super gung-ho on on deandre swift being one of the top 10 running backs in the nfl probably gonna want to cool on that a little bit uh because it, like he hasn't gotten work with the first team offense nearly enough to to, to make that kind of a breakout is he talented yes is he going to be better this year than he was last year Yes, if he's healthy. If he's not healthy, though, then then all bets are off. Yep, yep. All right, let's talk about Tyrell Williams. He's out for the year. No, he's he's, <laughs> he's also got <laughs> I a you groin. Were breaking news on me. <laughs> he's also got a groin and an issue with it. Um, but evidently, it's not as bad as DeAndre Swift's situation. Oh yeah. So he 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 is ready to go week one. Um, and Dan Campbell was very adamant about that. Uh, 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 Antoine Randall L also was very adamant though. Like, yeah, he can go. Like, we're just being careful with them. And, and this regime, they, they are being extraordinarily careful with the injury guys that they're not making, they're not making 325 pound guys run the hill as so to, to show, to show how things have progressed. 
the New York Giants are having practices in New England. And the Giants head coach, Joe Judge, who is Matt Patricia wannabe, made his players run the hill in New England because they don't have one in New York. That's not going to go well for New York at all. They've already had three players retire. They've had people that have demanded out already. Rent a fired not, coach. Oh my god. Oh man. Okay. One of the so guys- things, are, things are much better than that. We're not. We're not. We're not putting our guys at stress to hurt themselves. Yep. All right. One Thank more guy god. I want to talk about, and you know him as well. Nobody knows him until just now. Levi Buttonfly Anzarike. Um, <laughs> how are we doing? How are we doing? He looks good. Buttonfly's he's, not he's, bad, huh? Yeah, he's been he's been back and uh first couple of reps that he had in his first practice back, which I want to say was a week ago, um, was was really good. Uh you're not gonna see him play against the Colts either, but he is ready to roll. Um and he has an opportunity because Deshaun Hand, guess who's hurt again? Uh, he is he I, I I don't know what's gonna happen with him. Uh and, and I have a feeling that he's going to be a guy that they keep on the active 53, put him on IR right away when they claim somebody else, I, I think is what's going to happen with him. Yeah, and, and you hope that you don't lose somebody important. Although again, every year I say this and every year it's been right. So I'm going to, I'm going to ha- hammer the, the resistance right button here. The uh, yeah. Hit it. Hit it. Give it to me. There Thank you. That's right. I know because I haven't been right in a while. Um, Everybody freaks out that, oh, my God, all these players are going to get claimed by other teams. And it happens, I think, last year around the league, there were 13, I want to say 13 or 14 players who were claimed from the first one to the second one. It just doesn't happen the way you think it's going to happen because whether it's a gentleman's agreement, whether it's agents being like, hey, don't, don't, don't do that to my guy. Um, he's happy here. Keep him there. Um, and you better believe that stuff happens. It, it's just not something that you have to worry about when you have the roster that the Lions do. Nobody that they would send down is irreplaceable. Let's put it that way. Nobody. <laughs> and what's the countdown? We were, what, seven days without an injury for us and Bryant? Is that the, the that's the sign that's hanging in the locker room? We've been he's seven days out there. Injury. Don't jinx it, man. <laughs> well, as it keeps getting yeah. raised, it goes back to zero. Yeah. Okay. So, so Deshaun Hand and Austin Bryant, I'm not sure who've ever been healthy on the field at the same time for more than a play. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's still true now. Oof. I do think you'll see a little bit of Austin Bryant this week because I do think they want to see him get through a game um, where he does something and is healthy. Uh, he, he, he played. Just see he, him get through. <laughs> he, he, when when he's been on the field this summer, he's looked good. Yeah. yeah I, I give him credit for that. Um, he stayed he, in he, great shape for not playing for 103 years. I mean, he stayed in great shape. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> we're gonna go to the not bad man. <laughs> we're gonna go to the roster bubble here. But first, I gotta tell you, CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Anytime you have pain, anxiety, or insomnia, get the cure on it's with some CBD. There's two kinds: the regular CBD oil that's you're good to go. You can you can pass your tests for work that they give they give you the drug test or whatever. And the three of those things will all be taken care of, and it won't even mess. That you can drive a high low, no problem, no no effects. If you go for the Delta 8 or the new Delta 10 lines, you are definitely going to feel a buzz. You are going to feel a a buzz. If you get the extreme lines, you're going to feel a super buzz. Even with the regular lines, do not eat more than one the first time. I've got countless stories from people who've gotten this, 
and wound up losing a day, losing a night. <laughs> uh, great. They, they, you just don't want to do that, right? You don't want to do it that way. Check it out. It's really great stuff. It's not expensive for what you get. It's a good time. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Use coupon code LIONS. Get 55% off. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. It's the kind of stuff we try to do so that you can get high with something you're into anyway. I don't know. Whatever. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Okay. Roster bubble. Let's get it. To who's on the bubble? All right. And who is looking safe? I want to start out with Brett. Brett. Oh, my goodness. Rashad Perriman. Yeah. <laughs> All right. He's been hurt. He's had a drop. He's been open. He had a. But he, he had, had a. Tim Boyle on my rear thrown at him. Bubble. He's on off. I have him off. I don't. I don't think he's making it. And and so when, when we talked about it earlier, um, that Jelani Tavai was one of the players that was presumed to be a lock who's not going to make it. The how Dan Campbell addressed specifically the penalty that Brashad Perriman earned on a play where he absolutely didn't have to earn it, and he absolutely did push off um, and was guilty of it, and he didn't need to do it. I didn't. I didn't buy that. I didn't buy that. There, I, I there mean, was some. There was some fire in in Dan Campbell on that on mm-hmm. that answer. And look, Brashad has been up and down in camp. Um, he can't have what, that happen, but I don't buy that that push off was enough to call a penalty on. I'm just telling you. With the, oh, the oh con- that, he, but that's the thing. He's not smart enough to to to. to keep especially his hands when you're when your dad played in the NFL, you've got to understand the subtleties of how to use your arms and your shoulders. He clearly doesn't know that. Right. Right. I, the, right. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna have it with your arm out like that, they're gonna call it whether you, you're guilty of you it or got not. An alligator arm at that point. You yeah. And, and if he if he doesn't know that now, it's not gonna get better. Uh, and I, I think they've seen enough to know that he's probably not somebody that, that's going to help their team win games. Um, Khalif Raymond has soared past him as the deep threat on the outside. And and say, saying that, Khalif Raymond is, is a tiny dude, but he's so much better at getting open down the field and presenting himself as a target because he knows what he's doing. And I, so I, I, I don't see if, if Rashad Perriman isn't starting, he's absolutely worthless to your team because he does not play special teams. He never has. Um, he, he's not a high energy, high, high intensity cheerleader type guy. That's, that's not who he is either. Uh, so I, I don't think he fits with the team, honestly. Uh, so I, I would I, I will be surprised if he makes the final 53. Mm. I really will. OK. All right. All right. All right. I've got corrected Jeffrey Maloney. Thank you. He says, Chris, come on, dude. The Ozzy 84 tour was with Motley Crue. It was the Bark at the Moon tour. But Ozzy and Master Puppets Metallica tour was in 86. 86. And it was the yeah. Ultimate Sin tour. Did both. And I, I, in the chat, I said, it's the devil's lettuce. I, I apologize. Uh, it's not I never fault. saw Ozzy until the the first No More Tours tour. He's on his <laughs> third. Well, he, yeah. he's not touring anymore, but uh, he, he's on three of those. I saw him, uh, a very, very nouveau band named Korn opened up. Oh, for some ever, yeah. like they, they didn't have a record deal then. That was pretty sweet. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's really cool. All right, I want to hit you really quick. Um, Dan Campbell had a call today, or uh, a presser today, and he has a quote. It's a little bit long. I'm going to go through it as best I can. I'm not a good reader. It's a, it's a great quote. That's why I sent it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's on defensive end Bruce Hector and the value he places on player, player performance throughout the training camp when making roster decisions. I think it's big, I think, to reward a guy who does it the right way and, oh, by the way, produces. There's production in the game. Where it's hard is it's easy to say, this guy does it right every day. He does exactly what you're asked to do, but yet physically, he's just not good enough. 
you hate it for those guys because ultimately there's not enough in their body to do it. That's not their fault. But if you have a team full of guys, it's hard to win. I hate to say it, but that's the reality. But guys that give you everything that they have and they do it the right way and maximize their ability and can produce and you can see it in the game, it's hard not to reward those guys and want them on your team because you see it. There's evidence. Quote from Dan that Campbell. sounds like Richard. he's talking in the first part of that about Jelani Tavai, about uh, Rashad Perriman, about maybe Corn Elder, um, about uh, Dan Skipper fits that bill. Uh, the, just physically limited dudes that, that just aren't getting it done. But then you, Bruce Hector is a guy who has played his way well up from the bottom of the depth chart. Remember, they claimed him the, the day before training camp started. People like him. I almost didn't write it up because I didn't think it was going to be here that long. I think he's making the team. And then, yeah. But the, the, the issue is Kevin Strong is that guy too. And Kevin Strong has been great and he's been here for a long time. And and the, I know the teammates like him. Mm-hmm. The holdover guys love that guy. One of those guys is going to make the team. Or or you know, they get a little bit of a break because Jay Sean Cornell will make the team and immediately be suspended um, for three games. And that pushes it down the road and hopefully – not hopefully, but there will likely be an injury or two somewhere in there where he can they can wiggle in. But that's why I think you're going to see Deshaun Hand not be on the team, whether they cut him, they trade him, and, and they will get – there has been some sniffs of trades for him, although now that he's not healthy, that's not going to happen. I think he's going to wind up being on IR. And that creates a spot for a Bruce Hector, who's been great yep. every, every day in, in camp. He's been great. Like not not just like good like like when he Ali McNeil Kevin Strong and uh, you have um, uh, what's his name crap when they when they do the four man front and it's those guys it's really good and I wish they would do it more and I hope that we see more of it I would like to see them do it against the Colts um, it's a high energy high octane actually Cornell plays end on that sometimes yep. um, and Cor- Cornell can play too by the way yeah, um, yeah. They, they, they got something there give give Bob Quinn a little bit of credit he found a seventh round guy out of Ohio State that can play a little bit there yeah, yeah. so yeah the, the the defensive line man that that that's a tough one uh, that there are guys there who will get cut and will get picked up by other teams. Um, you're not gonna you're not gonna sneak Bruce Hector through the practice squad. You're not probably not gonna sneak Kevin Strong through to the practice squad. So if you're looking at, at one guy, one area where somebody would get claimed, it's that 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 specific position. Okay. So now let me ask you a question about put on the screen, uh, Jelani. <laughs> um, if we if his future is as we know it is, right? And we, yeah. and, and and let's face it, we know what it is. Why not cut him now and get somebody on the team that maybe has a chance to make it? Why are we holding on to him? Even even just just blow him out with with a cut this last roll around. I What's wish they would have cut him here? in the last round. I really do. Do they think that I, he's going to do something in the third game that might have some value where they can get a seventeenth round draft pick for him next year <laughs> or something? I mean, the Colts do have. He would technically fit what the Colts need um, next to. Darius Leonard, uh, they did lose Anthony Walker, um, who's, by the way, killing it in Cleveland, yeah, yeah. Um, will, will be the Browns' top linebacker this year. Uh, that's, I mean, if, if the Colts are, are certainly an audition point, um, if, if he's, you, you, the, one of the advantages of playing on Friday night is that the other teams will be watching. So teams that would be interested in spy, a team like Miami, a team like the Giants, a team like the Patriots, a team like the Texans, the Titans possibly, 
they're all going to be watching. And you know, that's so maybe point. if he can do something, maybe you can flip him for a conditional seventh round pick. That's maybe. a good point because because we've had him on the team for a while. We know his agent. I don't know who. I don't remember who his agent is off the top of my head. But his agent represents other players, and, we're, and if we do that, we're doing right by him. Right, we're right. giving him a, sh- a chance to show up, show other teams what he is, what he has, and give him his last shot to maybe land somewhere else in the NFL. Right, his agent's oh. going to appreciate that. He's obviously going to appreciate that. He'll give it his all in, in, in a game that doesn't matter. But that yeah, that that's, that's, that's kind of guy sense. he is. Yeah, and that kind of <laughs> makes sense as to maybe because I think like Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes, I think they appreciate the kind of guy that Tavai is. The other part is it carries over to other players who are maybe end, uh, edge of the roster players or, or other kinds of players that we might want to bring. It creates an environment where players know they may want to come to play because the team, the coaches, the front office, they actually care about you. They will treat you with respect. They're going to give you your shot. Yep. Yep. Whether here or somewhere else. Right. right? All right. That's, that, that is important. We're talking about the roster bubble. Let's uh, let's talk about which of the final 53 roster spots, the, the roster spots now, aren't right. on the roster right now. We're not talking about players players but, yeah just just the actual position yeah so give me so, give me so, some thinking this is your 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 piece here. i'm got, so interested in what you got i got three okay the number three tight end is not on the team one wide receiver and i don't know where it fits in the pantheon or the the power structure there is not on the team and one cornerback is not on the team and and i say that fully mm-hmm. knowing that we are we are jerry jacobs advocates I don't think Jerry is making. I think Jerry is going to be bound for the practice squad, sure. um, and I think I think he will be the first guy that they call up. Right, and and I do think that if there was an injury in the season, they would give Jerry a chance before they would bring somebody in from the outside. I absolutely believe that, um, and I've been led to believe that by by people that are in that building. But I do think that they, if they can get a veteran corner that can play outside, uh, I and, and and has some some ties to somebody in the organization, um, whether it be a Ram or a charger or a saint or, or someone like that, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they're, they're going to go shopping on that. It wouldn't shock me if they brought in a new pass rusher, especially if a couple of the guys that are on the bubble don't make it. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I, uh, you're, you're looking then at a guy that uh, specifically Charles Harris, Charles Harris is a guy, former first round pick has done. Okay. Um, and, and I said a couple of weeks ago that I had talked to a team source who's like, you, you better have Charles on your final 53. That has since cooled a little bit. And I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to make it or not. This is a big week for him. That's another guy that probably because he's a veteran and because he does, he has done some things well, probably would wind up on another team. They're not going to claim him right away, but he's a guy that, you know, like you call up in week three, if your defensive end gets hurt, like, okay, come, come play for us. And, and he'll be that guy. Yeah. And I, yeah, so that's, that's where I'm at. There is some talk and we talked about this just before we went on the air, that the number three quarterback might not be on this team. And I do think they're going to keep three because of COVID um, and, and yeah. just with all the, and plus with all the injuries and all the mess. And if they could get a young quarterback in, and we had one in particular that we were talking about and we'll, 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 we'll keep that bottled up now. We'll just, we'll hit the Rizzo's right button. If, uh, if it happens, or um, the bullshit. That's impossible too. So let's that, that, uh, that let's is, that is possible. Here, Mr. <laughs> if, uh, my my working theory, and this is just the the war inside my head, is that if Tim Boyle isn't the number two, 
he's not going to be the number three. There's no point in keeping him for that. Because if he's not if he's not better than David Blau, why the hell are you keeping him? <laughs> get, get somebody in here who's who's long term. And and thus far he's not been better than David Blau. Um and, and you know I like David Blau, but I also know that David Blau is probably a QB three um in, in reality. So if they can get a young prospect from another team who's been drafted in this year or the or a year before uh, and is doing some things that's just caught in a numbers game, I think they will. I think they absolutely will go get him and and get rid of Boyle. Okay. That's that's my theory. That's that's just from from my head again. That's not inside sources. All that's that's my guess. I like it. I like it. I like your thinking. That's good stuff. Um, really quick, let's check in on some ex Lions around the league. We got to talk about the, uh, the retirement <laughs> or or the recent <laughs> retirement of future Hall of Famer right after right before the induction of July Tavai. Yeah. Luke Wilson is uh, has retired. Let's uh, Luke Wilson with two L's. Um, <laughs> saw that Owen's he was going to get cut by Seattle and decided, that, okay, I'm done with football. Um, and he's like. And I tweeted out his his retirement thing, like like he's he's completely done with football. He's like never going to attend a game again. Like never watch the game again. Yeah. He's done. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. I believe the it. fire is out. <laughs> and and God bless him for knowing that and for walking away. So yeah, yeah, no, no good on him, right? And um, you know, at some point you have to go out and you have to start up, and you know you're done with the game, and you go subscribe to Grizzly Man Outdoors, right? <laughs> That's right. You just got to put those plugs yeah, in. So you know, like, like, it's been a ranch. Like, like we, we saw um, Anthony Zettel retired. Marvin Jones um, is hurt. He might not be available for week one. He's got a sprained AC joint in his shoulder. That's a tough injury. Yeah. Look, look, we love Marvin. Marvin is a tough, tough dude, but that, that's, that's an injury, man. That's, mm-hmm. that's, and, that's, and, you know, it's, it, cakes aren't going to help it. Uh, and and yeah, I would I would kill somebody for a, a nothing bunt cake lemon bunt cake right now. Really? I got yeah. somebody in Northfield that needs to go, and I got a bunt cake place of nothing but cakes down the street. I'll send them no overnight. <laughs> Dude, I know where that's at. <laughs> I might have to have to go by there. That's only oh, two hours. Away. God, I hope you make it for Senior Bowl this year, dude. Or, or not Senior Bowl for. <laughs> Shrine Bowl this year. We got a lot to hit. We got Smoothie King, Tropical oh, Smoothie yeah. Cafe, of course. I know those are everywhere now, but then we got that they going are. on. You got the nothing but Kate's. We got some shit to do. There's, we got to get Wayne over, too. Get Wayne over, and we'll do the fireside chat, you mean, and, and uh, Coach Fonts. I think it would be awesome. Maybe get uh, Bill Keenest on the phone because those guys go back, right? I mean, I Bill Keenest would be fun. That would be a fun That guy's got some stories. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll do that. Yeah. So uh, uh, somebody, else, somebody else got hurt, too. Um, we saw Ebron. He's he's still Eric Ebron. He got covered by Will Harris and then dropped a pass. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that Eric Ebron we know and love. Um, <laughs> easily passed on the Pittsburgh depth chart by rookie Pat, Pat Fryermuth, who uh, mm-hmm. uh, looked great. Honestly, looked great. He, looked, he looked pretty. He looked pretty darn good. Dang. And it wasn't <laughs> uh, just that he was playing against twos. He made tough catches. He did he made really. Tough he catches. ran. He ran nice routes too. Uh, he, I give that guy some credit. They, Pittsburgh always finds tight ends that work in Pittsburgh. Then there's Jesse James. Jesse James lit it up for the Bears. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So here's here's the here's the here's the quote. Right. Lions let top receiver for the Bears go or go to the Bears. Whatever. You know. It's like oh God. Bears top receiver let go by the weak Lions front office something stupid like that yeah it it was framed such that it was like the lions were crazy to get rid of jesse james and he's like even like the biggest 
Lions negative sycophant hater yep. is going to be like, you might want to back off that position, bud. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> like, you that guy, that that guy was dog do when <laughs> it, he was here. It's not even a hill to die on. It's a career ender, right? You just yeah. got to walk away from that headline, my friend. All right. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about something we talked about a little last week. OnlyFans, they have made the U-turn. OnlyFans is back. Uh, Stafford's big Thank piece is on ESPN. I don't know if you saw it. Um I did. His big piece is there. I, and... I didn't read it. I did watch the the pre pre produced special that they had on ESPN. Sure, sure. It's, which it's, was very well done, by the way. It's a great article. It's one of those things where I can see a lot of Lions fans taking the role of the jilted lover watching it because they get to see their ex happy and excited. And with, and, and, with and the sort of just the way it went down is sort of like like the fantasy island thing or or whatever. I guess fantasy island is actually back now. Like the the bachelor island or whatever it is. Like he goes there and Andrew Whitworth is there, and then Sean McVay just happens to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, uh, that's, that's a little sketchy. That smells. <laughs> that, that smells bad. But the thing is, is um, the story is really, really it's interesting. Stafford doesn't talk much. Uh, they talk about it, he and Cooper Cup spending some time talking shop and he gets the writer gets yelled at you can't write that you can't write that and he's getting exasperated it's it's funny the quotes from stafford there's nothing super revealing right but it is still a greatly written piece gifted writer um yeah. i didn't i forget his name and I, I was gonna mention it if you remember off your head you tap your head i appreciate I will look it up credit um because there is one person that he has been that we love crapping on because he doesn't do a great job. But uh, this guy did a great job. He did a great job on that thing. But the idea was, if you read the article, what you see in Matthew Stafford is a guy that's actually, he, he everything's looking up. He's happy. Things are going well for the family. He's got a great house, a great backyard. He's got a coach who loves him. He's got uh, wide receivers who love him. He's got a great situation where he could really succeed. And you're sitting here like, oh, well, this is... This is a development year, you know, like you're definitely looking at your ex yeah. do really, really well. And that's really, really hard. Now, what he did say and what I did see from him, I wanna, I'm going to relay it from a kind of a personal experience. I get it. He got to a new place with new people. It's a new start. It's a new PR guy. It's a new, you know, you're walking into a new, new surroundings, different people, different level of respect for you and, and, and what you've done. And it's just, it's a completely different situation. A lot of you, the longtime listeners know I, I stepped into a new job. I left my old job and, and stepped into a new job. And I can tell you, I have literally experienced exactly that. I dragged into work, even though we were dragging, you know, I was walking down the hall to go, dragged into work every day. Sunday night, I hated the concept of actually going to bed because I had to wake up the next day and do that slog of a freaking job. I hated the boss i hated the, the, the stupid boss the dumbest person i've ever worked for i hated everything about it and i walked to the new i got to a new place and i'm i've not been happier in, in a maybe a decade maybe a decade riz the job i have now and we we're talking a little bit about some of the stuff i'm working on it's just so rewarding i i, I i'm just so much happier i completely can understand where matthew stafford is right after after just kind of, and I don't want to slogger the Lions. I love the team, but the situation he's in, he couldn't win. He like they talked about the how many uh, primetime games you played in outside of Thanksgiving. He's like, um, a, a couple. Six. He's like, you got five <laughs> this year. He's like, he smiled. Right? It's like, wow. Right? The benefits are better. The the, the, the all the stuff you're looking for. This one is better. You 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 just 
you look at the guy, right? And it, it, where was it? I just saw that Jean Paul Morrison agreed. Don't hate your new girlfriend by pining for your ex, right? This that's exactly yes. it about the whole golf thing. I'm happy for Matthew Stafford. I'm happy he's in a great place. I want him to do well. I want I want him to do well and have a great time. I want the team to fail and give us a great draft pick because I'm a Lions fan first. I was a Lions fan before I was a Stafford fan, before I was a Barry fan. That's right. Billy Sims and I became Lions about the same time, right? Uh, that, but- <laughs> that's, that's my entry point to them and the Silver Rush defense. Yeah. That was that was my entry point. <laughs> Spider-Man Jones singing uh, Another One Bites. The, the whole thing, right? That, oh, that, yeah. but, but I'm a Lions fan now. I'll be And Matthew Stafford will be long retired and I'll still be a Lions fan. That's where I'm at. So want him to do great. It's really great to see him doing well. And I understand where his heart's at and what he feels like. He, um, he needed he things. needed the change. Yeah, he really did. Yeah. It, it, uh, look, there's been a lot of negativity thrown at him in the media. A lot of blame put on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. I, I will say that some of it, I think probably he does. He did need to be better. He, he wasn't yeah. able to elevate the team. That That's a fair criticism of him. Um, I think if you're blaming him for the years and years of sorrow, um, the, the team around him was not up to snuff either. But well, he, last I, year I, he we, elevated I the team. That's a zero win team last year, yeah. except for Matthew Stafford. Jared Goff's your quarterback last year. I'm not sure you win a game, and I'm not ripping on Jared. I'm just saying that's how good Matthew Stafford yeah. was. But there were absolutely times when Matthew Stafford didn't live up to the Matthew, Matthew Stafford yeah. standard. Right, yeah, and he crossed yeah. the team, and, and that and that's unfortunate. But it, uh, that's why I, I'm I I hope that it works for him as well, um, and I, and I hope that when the Rams crash and burn, the people realize that it's because they're all their defensive players, other than Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, are gone, mm-hmm. um, and and apparently they they they're they're trading for New England injured running backs, trading fourth round picks for for Sony Michelle, who's they should always really go hurt. for those those linebackers too. I hear they, they got some they, real bumpers. They, <laughs> They got they got issues, man. They, they've they've had some serious attrition on on their roster with injuries already. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you hate to see that, uh, and you hope that that's not like a Stafford. Look, I don't believe in curses. I don't believe in that kind of stuff, but it does seem to follow him a little bit. I, I don't know, man. It's, yeah. it's, he hasn't played a full season since 2017. I mean, I, I'm not wishing any of that, but there's. I I just think everybody wound up in in a better place. Or yes. 2021 based on the Stafford trade. I think I th- everybody I think, involved. Is I think better where off the there. Lions are at right now, if Matthew Stafford was still the quarterback of this team, there would be expectations that this team should compete for a playoff spot. Yeah. And that's absolutely not, not where this roster is. Nope. And I'm glad that it's I'm glad that it's lower than that. Um, he took the floor away. Like there was a floor with Matthew Stafford. You were only going to be so bad mm-hmm. with Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Jared Goss' floor is is lower than that. And, and, and you saw the we floor don't see that last year with Matthew Patricia. <laughs> That's where it was. There you go. All right. Oh yeah. That's so yeah, I, I don't I don't fault what happened with it. And I'm happy that the that the Lions got as much back as they did for it. When you look at what the Colts gave up for Carson Wentz, um what, what the Eagles got out of that. Yeah. Um by the way, that trade looks worse every day. Uh, yep, but yep, yep. <laughs> Um, especially with Jalen Hurts playing well in in Philadelphia, you know, yeah, I, the, I'm I'm proud of Brad Holmes for for getting the deal that he did, um, yeah. and I think that that's going to that's going to be some nice salve when some of the free agent moves and a couple of the draft picks that he's made um, might not pan out as early as we want to. Um, we talked about Panay Sewell earlier. If Yatu Malifanwu is not a serious contender to start on this team. Uh, and that's, 
that that's he probably should be based on where he was drafted at and the competition that's yeah. around him. He's going to make the team. Uh, there's no question about that, but he's not where I think a lot of people wanted him to be in terms of competitiveness. And uh, I hope that that doesn't get thrown against Brad Holmes too much. The, the fact that, again, this was a draft. We talked about it at the draft when they drafted Anzarike and they drafted Liam McNeil. Like, okay, they're not trying to win this year. They're trying to build something for the long-term. And that that's where Sewell's long-term prognosis of being a, a tremendous talent potentially comes in. Malifon was the same sort of sort of way. I think Derek Barnes is a little bit ahead of schedule uh, on that. But uh, and I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for the long-term. I really am. Yeah. Um, uh, much more than I was when Matt Patricia came in. Because as you'll remember, I was not a Matt Patricia fan. I yeah. didn't like it from the get-go. There was just something that was wrong there. And I don't get that, that feeling about too. Dan Campbell at all. You sniffed um, that out. And and it was he was the preferred. I mean, everybody in the league thought Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia were the guys. Right. And, and I will Consensus. say, I think Bob Quinn, if he's a GM again, he needs to stay the hell away from Matt Patricia because I do think that he did some – I think his vision before Patricia corrupted it and, and co-opted it was 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 going to work. I really do. Um, he just got the wrong coach. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, really quick. Enough on that. Um, you want your Lions gear? It's time to get it. There's games you're going. Um, go to fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. Fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com gets you the real licensed gear, top quality stuff. Really, really, really good stuff. Uh, they give us a kickback for everything you buy. It doesn't cost you any more, but it's a great way to help us out by doing something you would do anyway. Also, don't forget about Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Who doesn't shop Amazon, especially in this day and age? Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Head on over there, and uh, same kind of deal. They give us a kickback, and you're going to buy stuff there anyway, so they, they help us out. doesn't cost you any more. just helps us out and keeps money out of Bezos' hands. Keeps him from suing us out of Mars, or whatever the hell he's suing for. The moon, whatever. I don't know. He's an idiot. We built some roads. Yeah, what is the roads, Jeff? Yeah, yeah, spend some money on infrastructure. People would love you more. All right, let's see. I mean, he, he he's burning the roads with all those damn Amazon trucks, right? <laughs> They're everywhere. All right, remember so many of those Chris. Oh my god, I didn't even know they were a thing. Yeah, they're everywhere now. Yeah. Uh, don't forget, we have got a cocktail show coming for you. We're going to shoot this weekend. We're going to get up there. We have post-game shows. We're going to do a trial show with Ash, uh, but we're just not going to because of uh, some stuff that's going on in the real world right now. But we have the post-game shows coming with him. We may do something like a, a guest spot with him on one of our next shows. Just have him drop in and say hey to everybody. Uh, but follow us. Check all that stuff. Make sure you hit the like, please, while you're here. Hit the subscribe button and the bell. We appreciate you doing that. And also, if you're on the audio only, go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe. Don't forget about us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Access the Slack, the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. Maybe one of the most intelligent chats on the internet. And you can talk to Riz and I every day when we hang out and do our thing. Actually, Riz is better about it than I am with my, the new job lately. I'm, I'm on there a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm on there frequently. Uh, every time that I pick up my phone, that's that's the second place I go after I, I look at, I have to look at my Twitter because I get like, <laughs> I'm just looking at it right now. It's my work email. I have it's my I have, podcast email. It's my personal. Email. I have then, over 200 yeah. mentions or notifications since this show started. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Not all not all of them are negative either. That's nice. Please support. I'm, I'm, I like it when people are nice to me. It's good. Life's better that way. <laughs> I do too. I do too. I like it when they're nice to you. 
<laughs> All right, follow us on Twitter at DET Lions Podcast, DET Lions Podcast. Also at Jeff Risden, Jeff Risden on the Twitter. Give us your love, give us your follows. We appreciate that. Loretto, I didn't see your email come in. Please use that contact form at DetroitLionsPodcast.com and uh, get in touch with me. Uh, give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. 929-335-4667. Also, thank you, Tina. You did a good job, Mary and Jeff. He's, yes. he's not as bad a guy as everyone tells you, really. Uh, thank you for tuning Oh, be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast. Why, Jeff? Why should they do that? So you can come into your ear holes automatically. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, no toasters, no hot tubs, no pants, no problems, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit Connection. There's the lion. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.